This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. I tried to get a family feud going on today's fish in Paul Bunyan Country, but they're just too nice. We're going to get some good opener preview information, and we're going to talk about the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic with the defending champions, Jason Charlie Peterson, and with former champs looking to get their title back, Dwayne and Travis Peterson. It's all coming up as we get ready for the opener on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. Happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we going This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu I'm Chuck Hassey of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, joining us today, the defending champs of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, Jace and Charlie Peterson. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Well, we're, uh, we've been waiting and waiting. I think uh, maybe by this weekend, uh, well, I know some of the lakes we can get on already, but it's, uh, about a week and a half ago, I didn't know. Uh, but it sure looks like we're going to be ready to go opening walleye season. It looks like it. We're starting to get a little worried, too. We haven't spent much time getting the boat ready to go, but over the course of the weekend, we'll uh, we'll spend some time in the garage and get ready to go. So, Charlie, when you guys go out opening weekend, I mean, obviously you go for walleyes, but now that we got a catch-and-release bass season, I'm assuming guys like you might do a little of both. Yeah, I mean, we try to get out and do a little bit of both. Uh, fish for walleyes in the morning and maybe bass in the afternoon or vice versa and just try to get it all... Like, we have a short summer, so we, we try to catch all the fish. <laughs> catch all the fish, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, guys, no no secrets for opening weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Jigging minnow, shallow, where the water's warm, where the river boats are. Yep, yep. The, anything to do with current and river systems will probably be the probably be the deal with the late ice off. Uh be pretty similar to last year. Um, the Cast Lake chain, Bemidji, um, Leech and Winnie both should be very good, and Red Lake, of course. Well, these, both these guys are wearing Northland Tackle uh, sweatshirts. What a shot that is. But, Charlie, you work there. You're telling me before we got in the air a lot of talk about tungsten and a lot of people fired up about it. Tell me tell me about tungsten and what makes it so good. So the tungsten jig, um, that's been real popular already this year and pretty excited to you know have all the Minnesota anglers um, get to use them this spring. Um, tungsten is 30% more dense than lead. So it gives you a better feel of the bottom and the bottom composition. Um, it also allows you to have a smaller compact jig with the same size weight. So that's huge for us. We like to use <clears throat> a small 8-ounce jig with a shiner minnow. And using that little tiny jig, we've got a lot of confidence throwing around a little jig. And uh, 
scrumptious minnow. <laughs> um, so I know, Charlie, you went to the Bassmaster Classic. Did you make it down there? I did, too, so, yeah. And Trav and your Uncle John. Uncle John, yep. What a blast that must have been. It was super fun. Uh, we got there on day two. We were able to walk around there. They have a big expo. Um, did the same thing on day three, but we were so tied to what Gussie was doing and how many fish he had. It was almost hard to like concentrate and walk, want to walk around on, on the final day. Um, and you know, it was so tight that we were really rooting for him and having only two fish, we were trying to calculate if he was going to, you know, make it happen or not. But, um, we had it all calculated in our head. Like, okay, if he, if he has six pounds and this guy weighs this much and he's for sure got it. So it was, it was really fun to be down there. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like a great experience. And like Jay said, on day three, we we're trying to enjoy the expo, but we're, we just wanted to watch Gussie try to catch some more. And we ended up going to the weigh-in, you know, with positive, positive mindset. And it all worked out, so it was, it was awesome. I know that, you know, the Petersons as a family and Gussie have a great relationship. And, and certainly Northland Tackle and Gussie have a great relationship, too. So, I mean, it was pretty cool in that regard. But he couldn't have been the only guy you guys know that was in, in that tournament, right? Uh, I mean, me and Jace follow the follow the Elite Series and Bass Tournament fishing real closely, so we, you know, we kind of have a good feel of all the anglers out there, and we got to see some at the expo and actually talk to some, and we took a few pictures, so that was that was pretty awesome. So, guys, you know, you're you're young anglers, um, you're both working in the industry. Um, you go to an event like that, and you say. Maybe I should try this bass fishing stuff uh, uh, on the big level. Has that ever occurred to you guys? We definitely see it that way. But the the coolest thing I saw at that expo is just how many people, you know, like and love to be around fishing, Um, especially bass fishing because, you know, being from northern Minnesota, we see a little bit of it at the tournaments we go to, um, but it's mostly walleye anglers. Going down to Tennessee, that's that's kind of their their fish, you know. They're they that's what they fish for, um, and there was you know thousands and thousands of people. And they're all carrying rods or tackle, and they're all pumped up to be at this event. And as much fun as it is to watch the fishing and be there for the event, like it just makes us want to get on the water even more. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe you're thinking about being you know pro bass anglers, but I mean, apparently you guys own the walleye world. Yeah, I was telling Kev before we got on this interview, I was like, I'm looking forward to the Knights of Columbus tournament almost more so than some of the bass tournaments we fish. It's it's nice to be able to sleep in your own bed and compete against all your buddies, too, in the same sense. Yeah, lately we've been catching ourselves at you know stores and retail stores um, looking for walleye tackle and different techniques that we can use for the Knights of Columbus tournament, and usually we're just you know all bass-minded, but walleyes in this tournament has really you know taken over for us for sure um guys are having a a lot of fun fishing obviously um and you're both working in the industry let's start with you charlie i mentioned you work at northland tackle but what is it you do for northland um i i run all the social media for northland fish and tackle so that would be facebook and instagram and tiktok and then also um work with our pro staff um, getting them new tackle, testing products, and also work on the website and just all things marketing. And, and Jace, what are you doing in the biz? 
I'm over at Two Brothers Innovations. It's a fishing rod company. Um, they carry Elliott fishing rods and 2B fishing rods. I almost do the exact same thing that Charlie does, just at a different company. So it's kind of cool to to hear what you know we have to say about each companies and bounce each other, you know, bounce ideas off each other, and they work hand in hand because you need a fishing rod and you need tackle to go along with it. And that's also a Bemidji company, right? Exactly. Yep, we're located in Bemidji. Um, Paul and Greg Thorne, um, they own the company. It's really fun to be in the same building as those guys and obtain all the knowledge they have. Yeah, and oftentimes, like, me and Jace will get home. We, we live at the same place, and you'd think we'd be done, you know, working for the day. But, we you know, we get together and just start brainstorming all these things that we had in our mind throughout the day, and it just it just works well. If you work it all day and then you talk about it all night, it, it's obviously something that's in your blood. It's something that is beyond a job. Yeah, exactly. No, it's 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 a really fun thing to be a part of. Um, like I said, Northland and Two Brothers Innovations kind of go hand in hand. We make certain fishing rods for the applications that Charlie is working on over at Northland. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of fishing talk. the The downtime is actually when we get on the boat and actually like start testing it or you know the tournaments are almost our getaway from the office <laughs> i mean obviously you grew up fishing I, I don't think i think that's maybe the understatement of the day so far um did you envision i mean was it growing up you're thinking we're going to be in the fishing biz that's what we're going to do um i never really thought about if i'd be like working in the industry but like all the fishing that we do like there's no surprise like i knew that we'd be fishing as much as possible all the time growing up we would uh grandpa would pick us up from elementary school and instead of him going home we would go back to the northland office and it would you know we'd be running around in the back with all the yellow bins and trying to pick out tackle and um it's really cool to see it you know come first full circle where we are able to make a living you know in the fishing industry what are we three generations now yeah and and when I th- when I see a Peterson, it doesn't matter which one. It's always about basketball or bass. That's right. That's yep. <laughs> and now walleyes, right? Oh <laughs> well, yeah, now walleyes. Yeah. So uh, as we get ready for the opener, I mean, we talked a little bit about it. I mean, what what it, what's your going to be your game plan? What, you know, you don't have to give me your specific spots. Nobody mm-hmm. ever wants to do that. I understand, but in general, what what are we going to be doing on opening weekend? Uh, for starters, we'll probably we'll open up walleye fishing, um, jigging a minnow for sure probably a 16th ounce or 8th ounce fireball jig or one of the new tungsten Northland jigs. Hopefully we have our limit by noon or 1, and then we can uh, go bass fishing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, switch, <clears throat> switch gears a little bit and uh, get some bigger jigs out and maybe catch uh, catch one on a frog. Uh, i, I got to tell you something. I mean, sadly, I have to say this out loud, I've been doing this show longer than you two have been alive, but <laughs> anyway... Um, so when I started, I mean, it was like 90% of my interviews had to be walleye interviews. Mm-hmm. And um, you hit August, forget about it. It's like, what am I, what am I going to talk about for the next month? Yep. And now, um, you know, guys, you guys are getting to be the norm where, yeah, I like, I'll go out and do walleye. But we also do bass. Mm-hmm. Or in the, middle, in the winter, we're going to do eel pout. Or, um, you know, the people just want to catch fish. And with the exposure that... The things you work on, social media and YouTube, that mm-hmm. people can see all the time. All of a sudden, um, bass is far more popular than it used to be, and all these other fishing excursions are more popular. And, and it's a, I think there's a much more well-rounded angler in general 
uh, now than there was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we see the panfish is so popular before the season's open, and then those guys switch gears and either bass fish or walleye fish or do both. Um, and it's just we have so many opportunities around not just the Bemidji area but the state as a whole. Um, you can go walleye fishing, and then you can drive five minutes down the lake, and you can be catching bass. And uh, that's one reason why we like Bemidji as much as we do, too. <laughs> well, yeah, Charlie, because you can, you know, you guys have been like this your whole lives, I'm sure, but now more and more people. That boat gets used all the time because, uh, well, uh, the walleyes aren't biting today, but I know on this lake the panfish are, and people are, know all that stuff now. Right. And so you can just get out there, and, and you can just fish. That's that's what it's about. It's about just going out and fish, going out and fishing, and like we were taught growing up, like whatever is pulling at the end of your line, like I'm trying to catch it. We used to just fish off the dock for hours at a time, just catching rock bass and bluegills and whatever it is. All right, guys, where did I put the notes here? Oh, here it is. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. You guys got to do a fast five like everybody else. Uh-oh. You each get to answer your, <laughs> your own. Fast five. Who's with me? <laughs> yeah. So do I? Do I even need to ask you what's your favorite fish to catch? I don't think I do, right? We can. Mine would probably be a smallmouth, but I think Charlie's would be something else. It'll be a large one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then we'll. Well, I, I knew it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go with this one. What is? We'll start with you, Charlie. What is your second favorite fish to catch? Uh, my second favorite would be a walleye behind bass. Jace. That would be mine, too. Yep, okay. For sure. Question number two, what is your favorite fish to eat, Jace? Definitely a walleye. An, an opening weekend walleye. <laughs> I'll have to go crappie. All right. I don't know. This could be this could be controversial. Maybe not. We'll see if you guys agree. But, uh, Charlie, we'll start with you. What is the best pizza? Give me your best, your favorite topping and your favorite place to eat pizza. Uh, my favorite place to eat pizza is probably Keith's Pizza. Um, pepperoni with beef and extra cheese. All right, Jace. Mine would still be Keith's Pizza, but I'm a chicken Alfredo guy. Oh, wow, okay. Jace, question number four. Biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, recently, actually this spring, I caught a, I caught a sturgeon on the Rainy River. Um, we didn't get a, a length or weight, but it was, it was around that 50-inch mark. All right, and uh, Charlie, biggest fish you ever caught? I actually caught my biggest fish. I was actually my first sturgeon on the Rainy River this spring, too, so that was definitely my biggest fish that I've got. Okay, and finally, question number five. Charlie, what was your favorite subject in school? Uh, my favorite subject was... Does gym class count? gym class Oh, come on now. Gym class counts. If that's what it's got to be, that's what it's got to be. I, I liked math for a while, then I kind of liked more like writing. Question number five for you. Mine was always math. I, I liked math in school. Yep. Well, your, uh, your grandpa, didn't he do a little accounting stuff? Yep. Yeah, probably that might be where I got it from. <laughs> they are the champions of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, and they're a couple of great guys. We love having on the show today. Charlie and Jace Peterson. First of all, thank you for being here. Secondly, good luck defending the title on June 10th. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. We've got a bit of a family feud today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country because up next, former champs of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, the father and son tandem of Travis and Dwayne Peterson. 
We'll talk to them about their plans for the tournament and what they think is going to happen on opening fishing as well. And, oh, yes, they get a fast five, too. It's all coming up next. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're checking in with a couple more Petersons. Last week, we had Jace and Charlie in. They, of course, were the champions of the, the defending champions of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic. And now we've got a couple of past champions, Travis and Dad Dwayne Peterson, are here. Guys, I've had you both on the show before. I don't think I've ever had you guys together, so welcome to the studio. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, thank you. We're happy to be here. So, uh, Dwayne, uh, you've done a lot of fishing over the years. You've seen uh, your two sons and now these grandsons. Uh, I tell you, every every time I turn around, there's more Petersons fishing tournaments. Well, it's humbling. I guess I, I kind of had a uh, passion myself for tournament fishing and fishing in general. And my two sons, uh, Craig and Travis, uh, fell into that mold. And, of course, that was passed on to the grandsons. Well, Travis, with you, uh, obviously, with your dad and your uh, your Uncle John, uh, you probably were catching fish by the time you were two or three, I'm guessing. Yeah, a lot of time in the boat with, with both Dad and John, um, fishing multiple species in a great place, to, great place to grow up in the Bemidji area and so many different uh, opportunities, and, and they were fishing all the time, so I got to, got to jump in the boat uh, quite frequently. So you guys... Um, what year was it you guys won the uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic? I believe it was 2008. Okay. It's been a while. So, 08, and you were second like a couple of years ago or we've third? we've been second twice or two or three times, and we've been third. Um, yeah, we've been trying to trying to get it a second time, but it's it's really hard. It's a tough one to win. That's a, that's a tough field anglers, and, and uh, like I say, we won once. We've been second twice. We've been third, I think, and... And maybe a couple other top tens, but it gets harder every year. These kids get better and better. How how was it uh, watching uh, that next generation win that championship last year? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, we uh, I think with the with the app, I think we were able to you know see that for part way through the day and saw that they were doing well and and part way into the day there they caught that really big one. I think that registered on the on the app but then when it shut down you know we didn't know and we didn't see them on the lake and um so we were pretty nervous we were way more nervous for them than we were for ourselves and but uh we knew that they would fish you know strong till the end and they they were able to to pull it out but yeah it didn't surprise us um they're super competitive you know they compete um they don't really go on the water without competing you know they're competing amongst themselves or if they're with us it's always a competition and uh not always um, against each other, but we always go out with a plan to um, try to catch. You know, a lot of times we, we go out and try to – we keep track, you know. We mm-hmm. keep track of our weight. A lot of times and um, it's a, kind of a simulated 
tournament day and we try to try to catch 20 pounds of bass on a given day or you know go out and try to catch a couple of walleyes that would really be helpful in a situation like the like the KC's so we, we weren't surprised but it was um it was pretty cool to see them uh do well and you know only a couple years into the into the walleye scene as competitive as you are Duane, I mean <laughs> you, you want to win that tournament but if if you're going to lose that's yeah. probably the crew you want to lose to I I could not have been more proud of those two boys uh, to win that tournament with 100 uh, tough teams like we've got out there and the beauty of it is that they did it their way you know they did it their way we shared you know some pre-tournament uh strategies with them and and uh we each went our separate directions uh, craig and dan did the same and you know we had three teams out there but we were di- we were distant we did our own thing and and uh i think they they showed us up they 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 got some fish that we didn't find yeah wow um th- th- well they, they've been on the water a lot you know just like you guys and and uh they've obviously learned from you Dwayne. i know you you know you've done plenty of just fun fishing and you've done plenty of tournament fishing. Um, there's joys to both, but what is it about tournament fishing you find alluring? Well, I guess it comes from the competitive nature that that uh, I gathered as a in, in my younger years as an athlete. Uh, in business, is competitive. Uh, life is competitive, and, and we just happened to fall into a niche, uh, this fishing niche, uh, where there was a chance to compete after we were done with with competing in athletics and uh we took it to another level and and it just uh, it, it's it's a it's a group of people that you enjoy being around and you enjoy competing against and sharing uh different experiences and techniques and how to's and uh uh it gets in your blood it gets yeah. in your blood I, I i love tournament fishing but but i love fishing in general i i love to fish all species uh it doesn't have to be a tournament well, you guys are both, uh, I mean, you, you got into the uh, private sector, but you've both been coaches and teachers in the past. And I find it very interesting that the, I would say 50% or more of the guides I'm talking throughout yeah. the course of the summer are teachers. And co- most of them probably coaches, too. And I think one of the things that, uh, that that works for is, A, the schedule obviously helps. But secondly, guides have to be teachers, and uh, coaches love to compete, so it, it all seems to absolutely. work together. Yeah, absolutely. We've both been in that, um, you know, that side of things too, and done some guiding. And I think it, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, there's a lot of teaching that goes on with guiding. There's a lot of patience that goes on with guiding. Um, you have to be able to communicate, and teachers, you know, are usually pretty pretty good at communicating. Uh, if you're stuck in a belt with someone for eight hours, you better be able to communicate, or it's going to be a long day. And if you can't, you're probably not going to get those customers back. I think, uh, you know, teaching schedules and coaching schedules to some degree with, with some freed up time in the summer contributes to to uh, the the time schedule allows summer fishing to some degree. And I think that's one of the reasons as well. I know when I was a young school teacher and I had the summers off, I supplemented my income with, with guiding. Mm-hmm. It was a natural thing to do and I was getting paid to fish and, and uh, most of the the business was in the summertime when I was was away from the classroom, so I think that that summer or that that teaching schedule is uh, contributes to that. My dad was a teacher, and he spent his summers supplementing the income with building grain bins. I think <laughs> guiding fishing sounds like more fun. Yeah, no, I uh, agree. <laughs> but there's a lot of a lot of teachers are you know they do have summer jobs, and it's 
seasonal stuff, obviously, uh, and it, you know, construction is, is popular. A lot of, a lot of my friends that are teachers are, uh, also, you know, doing some side construction jobs and, but, uh, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of, a lot of, uh, educators that are guides. Well, guys, uh, we, we got the uh, opening fishing weekend coming up and uh, early season fishing. Dwayne, uh, we've seen a lot of openers. About two weeks ago, I, did, I thought we were going to have ice on the water when the opener came. Now it's going to be a potentially one of the nicest openers Absolutely. we've ever seen. I don't recall seeing too many openers when we were thinking of a daytime temp in the 70s. Right, right. No, it's, it's the outlook for the weekend is good. Uh, these lakes have finally opened up, and it, it just took some patience on our part. It always happens. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of when it'll happen. Bemidji was out on like the fifth, and I talked to Dave Fallis today on Andrusia, and and they were ice clear uh, on the sixth, so that Mississippi River chain is is flushed out, and and yeah, it 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 it's the same every year, just within a couple of weeks, and we we think it's late, but but it'll even itself out. I think it's just more people want to get their boat on the water for a couple of weeks prior to the opener, so they get a little antsy. Um, but, I, uh, you know, when it comes to actually fishing for walleyes on walleye opening weekend, Travis, there's like one technique, right? That's, that's, there's just one thing you do every opening weekend. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing we do. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, Jig and Minnow is, um, if, you, if you hit the water in uh, really in the uh, Midwest, um, but for sure up here in northern Minnesota, um, 95% of anglers are going to be fishing with a jig and a shiner if they can get it or a jig and a fathead. And, um, there's a reason it works. Um, fish are shallow and, and they're just, you know, kind of recovering post spawn and, um, but they're ready to, you know, ready to start feeding and, um, it can be, it can be good right away. Um, sometimes that water temperature is still cold and those fish are a little lethargic, but a couple weeks, uh, you know, into the season is when it seems like things really get rolling about that first part of June. But, um, yeah, jigging a minnow and staying shallow is definitely what, uh, we'll be doing. Um, the, uh, the minnow situation, you guys have your ears to the ground or in the case of this ears to the water, maybe, but, uh, you know, we're hearing lots of stories about it's going to be tough. What are you guys hearing? Well, it's, I've never seen a spring yet where, we couldn't get bait and, and good bait, and I'm confident that we're going to have plenty of bait. And I think uh, we've had some impatience with with that happening, uh, just because of the rumors that are out there. And and uh, I, I believe we'll have bait and good bait. What are you guys seeing? Uh, you know, we know that there's a lot more uh, zebra mussels on Lake Bemidji than there was a couple of years ago. We know they've mm-hmm. been all over the casting. Have you seen it affect the way the fish are behaving on Lake Bemidji yet? You know, I think for sure that with the clearer water, they're they're you have to be a little little uh, more stealthy. Um, we're finding that the fish, even with the clear water, have not. They don't mind the clear water. They'll still stay shallow. Um, it's amazing what we've seen the last few years on Lake Bemidji and other mm-hmm. lakes with our eyes. The number of walleyes that we've seen visually, you know, in that six feet and shallower, like mm-hmm. lots of walleyes, that were always there. Um, now we're being able to, you know, we're able to see them better because the water's cleared up, and they are still catchable. But you have to get, you know, your jig away from the boat um, with long casts, or you know, be real quiet with your trolling motor. It helps when there's some wind and some overcast. Sometimes you can get a little closer to them. But we're finding um, that they're still there, and and now with the forward-facing sonar, we've really learned the last two years that um, 
they're there and they know you're there a lot of the time and and some of that some of those things we probably didn't know before that they were on to us that uh that easily and um you know uh just a the the boys have actually been you know on the i think on the front edge of of that forward facing sonar stuff you know and teaching us um and that's one thing that they learned last year in preparing for the nights uh, they were chasing fish that were on to them but they actually chase them down so okay. to speak yeah. and so the fish will forget that you're in the area eventually but um you got to stay with them and um but yeah there's there uh i think the clear water is you know fish fish don't mind it um they're just a little trickier to catch and people are figuring out how to catch them though well, that's that's it. That's what they got to do. And Dwayne, I think it might have even been you who has told me in the past. Too many people fish memories, right. and uh, right. it's not that the fish mind the water being clear. It's just that we have to, like Travis was saying, we got to figure it out how to catch them. We have to figure it out. I think the <clears throat> one thing that we're learning as the water's gotten clear that there's more fish there than we ever thought there was. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you make a long cast and you pluck off a nice walleye and and you you move on, but. Uh, We've learned to hunker down and make sure that we we haven't left anything behind. And I think clear water has uh, has dictated that. But the original sight fishing was done with your eyes looking into the water with Polaroid glasses and learning what the what the structure is, what the vegetation is, where the fish are, and uh, you can learn an awful lot from visually looking at uh, into the water. Uh, Forward facing sonar is another another level but uh i'm not convinced that uh, that it's it's the catch-all we heard from jason charlie peterson we're now hearing from the ogs Dwayne and travis peterson we got a lot more to cover with them next including their own fast five hi i'm dick beardsley with dick beardsley fishing guide service cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the mississippi bemidji with over 400 lakes and a 25 mile radius creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Dwayne and Travis Peterson, my guests today. We were talking about state-of-the-art electronics when we went to break. My grandson, who's about 10 years old now, and of course he's all into electronics, so something like that will keep him interested in the boat a lot longer, just, just even just watching. And as long as he's outside breathing fresh air, I like it. I'd like him to be uh, fishing a little more, but at least he's out there getting acclimated to it. So. Yeah, absolutely. The, the younger minds are definitely uh, catching on to the electronics and the advancements in electronics faster and they're changing faster with with the new technology um we're definitely seeing that uh we're a little slower to to learn but um we're we are learning that just at a slower rate yeah i think the the fish are still where they were when i was their age uh it's just that we've got a little better at catching them finding them uh but every crook and cranny of lake bemidji i've thrown a jig at and uh they're, they're, the walleyes are in the same place, same place they were when I was a kid. Just got to uh, tolerate this advancement in electronics that uh, makes it makes the, the younger people more efficient. And those older guys like myself, 
efficient, too, if we can learn how to use these trinkets. Well, yeah. I mean, the kid, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm kind of cutting edge when it comes to this stuff, but no. <laughs> yeah, the 10-year-olds are, no, no, you got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, a, I mean, there's a number of other advancements, too. That's, that's right. uh, just one of them. I mean, right. tackle has come so far. Rods and reels have come so far. Fishing line has come so far. And, you know, um, another another part of you know being efficient on the water is just you need to know when you have a bite and uh these the equipment that this generation is using um they're they're spending a lot of money on their equipment and it is better you Mm -hmm. know they can they can detect a bite and they know what to do when they have one and um they're pushing the envelope with you know um stealthy stealthy approach with a real light line and um you know fluorocarbon line that's really hard for the fish to see and and real light jigs uh, there's a movement to tungsten jigs which are smaller in profile and and uh just um you know they're using every avenue they can to, to be stealthy but um not to complicate things we we still you know we still like to use a, a traditional fireball jig that's made out of lead and in a shiner minnow and you know we still we still like eight pound test line and um so th- something you can still catch them the old ways um on, on tournament day, they might have a little edge on you, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, you mentioned tungsten, and, and just about every guy I've talked to this spring so far, and I say, hey, what's the new stuff you're loving? They're all about the tungsten. And, and Northland, of course, is kind of leading edge on that. So have you used it a lot yet yourself? Oh, yeah. We've been using it. Um, we've actually been using it on the bass side you know, uh, quite a bit for the last few years, and it's it's been a movement. I mean, we've used it a lot with uh, – with our weights, like our bullet weights when we're bass fishing. And all it does is it allows you to have a more compact presentation because it's denser than lead. And that's transferred over to different parts of the fishing industry, including walleye jigs. And, and Northland does have some really nice tungsten jigs. Um, but, the you know, the cost of them is, is uh, something that is – People have to determine whether they want to tie on a tungsten jig and throw it out there in the cabbage weeds on Lake Bemidji because the pike are, you know, they like them too. <laughs> and um, so we still we still mix it up. You know, we use we use uh, jigs that are you know fireball jigs, and we also use the short shank tungsten jigs, and um, we mix it up. But uh, you know, on tournament day, we'll probably put the tungsten out there. It might be a little advantage, but you know, every day we still use a lot of a lot of lead jigs. What about you, Duane? Have you used the tungsten quite a bit? Oh, absolutely. We've used uh, non-lead, you know, alloys for <clears throat> for years in our product line: bismuth, tungsten, and and uh, trending towards more environmentally friendly alloys. Uh, I don't see a lot of difference in the application between lead and and tungsten. There is some. Uh, one of the things we we battle with as a as a company that manufactures and sells the product is is the price concern, and the consumers are concerned about how expensive they are. But some people are willing to to, to buy the more expensive product, and uh, they're convinced that it it's more it works better, and if it gives them an advantage and they feel good about it, uh, we're going to make it available. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I, I've used a lot of a lot of uh, jigs that are that are tungsten and uh i'll continue to do that but uh when push comes to shove uh i'm old school and and i like a fireball stand-up made out of lead you know a lot of people like a fireball (laughs) stand-up made out of lead that's a fact okay so you know it's not a real new deal now but uh you know for a long time you guys 
who love bass fishing had to go out and do nothing but walleyes for a couple of weeks before the bass season opened. Now we got to catch and release bass season opening up at the same time. Do you guys go back and forth? Does that make uh, life a little more fun for you those first couple of weeks of fishing? Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of uh, um, we lobby for what we're going to do. Like Dad's, he wants to fish walleyes every year on opener just because just it's tradition. And the boys, they're they're bass heads, you know. They're they want to get to the bass as soon as possible. And uh, Craig and I, I guess, are kind of in the middle, so we we have to kind of <laughs> we have to uh, come to uh, kind of a uh, agreement. And usually, we do fish walleyes um, first couple days, and and then we'll uh, mix it up then after that. Um, but by after the KCs, then we're we're pretty much bass fishing um, until you know fall, and then we'll we'll get back on the walleyes again. But yeah, it's definitely nice to have both, and um, I understand that there's you know a push to actually have a year-round uh, bass season that would be you know catch and release uh, for for most of it, and that could happen. We're one of the only states in the United States that doesn't have a year-round bass season, so mm. that could be changing. You know, uh, Dwayne, one of the things that's that's interesting to me, of course, you and John kind of got this thing going, this fish and Paul Bunyan country going all those years yeah, ago, and. And uh, Northland's been there uh, most years ever since, and we really appreciate that. But what's interesting to me is when that show started in 1989 we or 1990 or whatever it was, uh, it's all a blur now. It's all a blur. Um, you know, it, it had to be an informational piece. People needed to know where the fish were biting, what they were biting on. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like we, we had to, you know, be the place where people heard all the weather. And that's one of the things we talk about all the time on the radio now, how, how – what we present as weather has to change because everybody's got it on their phone. And it's the same thing with fishing information. Uh, and it's the same, you know, with YouTube videos, with social media, with all this stuff. All, you know, the anglers are very educated. And it's really kind of changed how, you know, we do the show. We have conversations more like this and than just the how-to because people know that. And, and that's really changed everything. And I think one of the things that's changed a lot, Dwayne, is uh, more and more people are not just walleye guys, or not just musky guys, or not just right. bass guys. Right. They've seen how fun, how much fun people are catching lots of fish, and they're getting way more diverse. And that's something you've been pushing a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I think education is one thing that has has uh, been a big part of of the change in in, in your fishing Paul in country show. Uh, it seems originally we were. We were given fishing reports. Yeah. We were calling Winnie, and we were calling Leech Lake, and we were calling Red Lake. And we were looking for an up-to-date, accurate fishing report from an expert. And it seems like that now has evolved into much more uh, educational uh, equipment, uh, techniques. Uh, it just has, And you've got so many experts involved in it that everybody's got their niche and they bring it, uh, but yeah, I I remember back when this show started. I was a, I was a part of that, and I was a guest many times, and and I think I was involved in giving you a long list of of uh, uh, reliable people that had uh, a pulse on what was going on in their in their niche, in their lake, in their area. Uh, so it, it's definitely evolved, but uh, for the better. Mm-hmm. There's there's one thing about fishing reports, Kev stuff that's it's a lot of it's stuff that's already happened yeah you know right. and people are reporting on what they've experienced in the last week and the, you know up here our fishing seeing changes pretty pretty rapidly just because we have a short open water season and the fish move from 
spawn to post spawn to summer feeding to you know fall and um i think that uh you've done a good job with exactly what dad said tapping into people that will you know kind of teach but teach people how to go out and create their own fishing reports you know how to go out and use some of these techniques to um explore the the lakes and and uh find some fish themselves and and find you know give them a few different options on on what to try and and let them dial it in on on the water that they like to fish mm-hmm. i think one of the other things that i found interesting is that this next generation of guides that i that i talk to a lot now um you know you don't have too many just bemidji guides or just cast guides and just this guide these guys are mobile and they'll take people wherever people want to go whatever they want to fish for so you, you don't get that guy who who knows everything about one lake he might know a lot about five or six different lakes now it's uh it's really really changed a lot so one of the things that we taught years and years ago was exactly that mobility and we put you know boats on good trailers you wanted a trailer that was just as 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 good of equipment as your boat was because you 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 moved around and i think we were successful uh, our generation uh, back in the day because we were mobile and we moved around to different lakes and we also <clears throat> were diverse in the species that we pursued. And I think that uh, allowed you to cover a lot of different uh, venues as far as fish species and, and, and area lakes. That It wasn't all a walleye affair anymore. Yeah. It involved a lot of species. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, before we let you go, I got a fast five for you. Uh, we're going to do a tandem fast five. You each are going to ha- answer the same questions. Are you guys ready? I guess. All right. <laughs> fast five. Did I start up? Question number one. We'll start with you, Travis. What is your favorite pizza topping and your favorite pizza place? Uh, so, uh, boy, that's, I've got a couple, but um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Taco Pizza. All right. Dwayne. That, that's an easy one. We've been buying half uh, pepperoni and half beef for years, and, and Keith's uh, is our favorite. All right. The Peterson's come down on the Keith side. All right. You've got two desserts in front of you, Dwayne. Are you going to have the piece of pie or the piece of cake? White cake with white frosting. Okay. Travis. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, Travis, question number three. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Biggest fish I've ever caught would have to be a sturgeon on Rainy River, and I, I couldn't tell you how big it was. Just, you know, actually fishing for walleyes and, and uh, hooked one, and um, that happens up there, and, you know, it didn't. Uh, I'm sure we got a measurement on it. I can't even tell you what it was, but it'd have to be a sturgeon. Okay. Dwayne, what about you? Well, I've caught tarpon and marlin. They probably don't count, but uh, <laughs> lo- locally, I would say uh, a 67-inch sturgeon on the Rainy River. I've got a, a personal best muskie from Rainy Lake that probably uh, mid-30-pound range. I think those would be my two biggest fish. Get a, get a lot of sturgeon answers. Oh, yeah. Question sure. up here, for sure, yes. All right, Dwayne, um, if you had to pick one lake, it's the only lake you can fish for the rest of your life, what is going to be that lake? Be very definitely be Long Lake where I live. Okay. What about you, Travis? I think I would uh, 
I think I pick Leech Lake just for the diversity and the number of species that I like to chase. Um, lake's full of big fish of a variety of species, so um, definitely on my radar as one lake that I'm going to target heavily this summer. Okay. Question number five, one of the classic Minnesota movies of all time and classic fishing movies of all time, Grumpy Old Men. Who was the best of the three grumpy old men? Hmm. That's a tough one. It's controversial. I would say putts. (laughs) Okay, putts. (laughs) Which one was putts? The opposite of moron. Yeah, putts and (laughs) putts. yeah, I I would go with uh, I think I think I'll go moron. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's make it, uh, three different ones. I like Putz's dad, Burgess Meredith. He was really good too. Yeah. You picked a good especially movie. his one-liners at the end of the movie. Oh, uh, that was yes, that was the cutouts. <laughs> well, it's Dwayne Peterson and Travis Peterson, father-son combo. They're fishing in the Knights of Columbus Walleye Tournament together again, and uh, they were in to talk about all kinds of things. Guys, it was great having you in the studio. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having us, Kevin. It was fun. Always enjoy it. Thank you, Kevin, for what you do. Get out there. Have fun. Be safe. It's going to be a beautiful fishing opener, and we're going to hear from a lot of great anglers on how it all went next week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for taking the time to be here. And, again, good luck this weekend. Fish out. Bob Barn, yeah. Country. Country.